Okay, let's, uh, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us um, at this time and in all times. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to focus on your word at this time. And we trust that you are going to do a work among us um, that will draw us closer to you and be of benefit to us and to the world. So Lord, work and, uh, and may we be responsive to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Well, good morning. Waves all around. That's good. Um, so today we're, we're going to be looking at uh, the, the gospel story and what Jesus was doing um, in this. Um, we talked last week and, and we are all very much aware that we're in a time of real uh, upheaval, a time of unsettling. And uh, but in a way, our calling as followers of Jesus is not, no different than it ever was. It's simply to look to Jesus, to see what he is doing, and to ask him to lead us that we might follow and, uh, and, and reflect his character to the world around us. Um, so uh, I'd like to look. First, I have to find my notes. I'll try to stick to them this week. Um, <laughs> the beautiful part about the Luke uh, passage today is that Jesus uh, is, is telling his people what his vision is. What has he come to do? What is his role? And when we look at what Jesus is doing, we too uh, can say, well, then what is our role? What, what are we to be doing? And so uh, in this passage today, we learn a lot. And just to have some context Jesus was baptized by John, filled with the Holy Spirit, sent out, driven out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, where he fasted for 40 days and was tempted. And then he comes to the end of that period and is coming back to his hometown, again, led by the Holy Spirit and filled by him so that he could do this ministry. So we start here. I, I don't want to skip over anything because uh, I think it's all really important. The first thing is that, is that Luke is really, really careful to say that Jesus never does anything on his own understanding or by anyone else other than the, the uh, driving of the Holy Spirit. And I think that that is not only an example for us, but an invitation for us to, to when we are engaging the world and doing what we're called to do, it's not to be led by guilt or fear or anything other than the Lord's will. And when we do that, uh, we actually live in the, in the context of the, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, where we are filled with love and joy and peace and, and all of that, the character of Jesus. Jesus acted the way he did because he was in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we are invited to do the same and to grow in that. But the other thing that's really important here is that Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he doesn't go to the heart of Judaism. He doesn't go to Jerusalem where the temple is and where, you know, all the, the well-to-be leaders are. He goes to Hickville. Fredertonians might say he went to St. John. I wouldn't take that personally. So, um, but, you know, they, they went to the where he grew up. And oftentimes I think that we get um, afflicted with the condition of the grass is greener. If only we could be living on the south side, or if only we could be living in Florida, if only we could be living amongst people who would appreciate us then. But Jesus doesn't do that. 
He goes to people who aren't respected by the rest of the Jewish world uh, because all bad things came from Galilee. There is a big garrison in Galilee. And when people, when the, when the troops were sent out, they came from Galilee. And the people there, they weren't as refined or as educated as people in the city. But that's where Jesus went, where he grew up, to his people. And rather than looking for the, the greener grass on the other side of the fence, I think that we can follow Jesus' example here and say, how is it that we can honor the Lord and serve the Lord right where we are planted? The people around us don't have to be perfect or well-educated or anything, but they have to be loved. And, and they're ours to love. That's why we're planted where we are, so we can reflect Jesus' love. The other cool thing about this passage, and maybe this is for Bible geeks, I, I don't know, but we get a little, a little insight here into the synagogue worship. And, and when we look at uh, Jesus and what he did here um, with, the, uh, with the scroll, I've got a picture here. So Jesus would have stood up to read from the scroll of Isaiah. And he would have, then later it says that he sat down. And it's, it's kind of cool that the, the style of worship here, synagogues were so important. We see the importance of reading scripture publicly in Nehemiah this morning. The people were cut to the heart when the, when the law was read. In the exile, synagogues became very important to the Jewish community because that's where scripture was read. People couldn't afford their own Bibles, right? They, they had to go and they did, they did share in it together. And the synagogue was where prayer happened, where the teaching happened, and where the Bible was read. And so we see Jesus standing to do this. Jesus doesn't forsake the hicks. And even though he's going to be rejected in Nazareth, we'll read in a little bit, that's where he goes, to the community of faith. And that's where he proclaims his message. So Jesus is led by the Spirit. He goes uh, to the marginalized. That's where his heart is. And he, he goes to the... Uh, to the synagogue, which is which is what our church is based off of even now, where we, we read scripture publicly. So those, those are the first things. Next, let's look and see what he actually does when he proclaims the, the message. Jesus bases his, his uh, reading off of uh, two passages from Isaiah. And let, let's just take a look at what he's saying here. Um. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he's anointed me to do a number of things. One, to proclaim good news to the poor. We all know that our city needs good news for the poor this week. What, what a difficult thing with the removal of the tent cities, which weren't safe, and yet they claim there's not enough shelter or anything like that. Good news needs to be shared. Um, freedom for those who are in bondage recovery of sight for the blind, and the oppressed go free. Isaiah's words are a little different when you look at it in, in Isaiah uh, 61 and, and, and Isaiah 58. But the general, the general thing is this. Jesus wants to move in ways that bring in a new era for the Jewish people and for his, and for his people, for us. And that is to proclaim good news, to free people, to restore people. The year of Jubilee was a great restoration every 50 years, if it ever happened, but it was meant to reset the balancing scale so that there weren't, there weren't really wealthy classes and really, really poor classes, but there was more balance. Um, 
this is important for us. I want to I want to share with you this week. I had um, I had a hard day. You you all know I think that I I struggle with bouts of depression and and in the middle of the week I just had a really low low day and I had a hard time getting going. Um, but by God's grace, I had strength to actually pray morning prayer this morning. And uh, the psalm for the day was Psalm 119, a, a section of that. And there was a verse there that God really spoke to me. He said, um, I will, it said in the psalm, I will run the way of your commandments when you have set my heart at liberty. One of the things I want to experience freedom from is from my tendency to depression. I find it oppressive and dark and heavy. Uh, and I just, when I read that, I said, my heart is going to not just walk, it's going to run in the way of your will, God, when you have freed me. I want to be free from this. And I, I have struggled to write this sermon for days now. <laughs> and I if finally God got through to my head tonight, I'm not supposed to preach on this. Pretty confusing? I think it's time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. So when you look at this list here of, you know, good news being uh, proclaimed to the poor, not just the economically poor, but the poor in spirit. That means those who know that they need God. They are desperate for God's help and for his release. That's the poor, uh, in addition to the, the financially poor, um, that God is speaking to but also for freedom from those who are experiencing oppression. And I don't know, I've talked to a lot of people who are saying that they are in a fog right now. Wouldn't it be great to see clearly again? So I want to encourage you all, and I'm going to do this too, I'm going to continue to do this, is to sit with this passage today, this afternoon or this evening, where you can turn off your phone, turn off your TV and the radio, and actually read this passage Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21, and read it a few times and say, God, where is it that you want to declare liberty in my life? Where am I in bondage? Where am I blind? Where is it that you are to calling me to do this? Um, the most powerful statement in this whole passage is when Jesus interprets the reading. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So for homework today, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to actually allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you right where you're at and to say, Jesus, where is it that I am in need of your saving? Where am I in need of your liberating? Um, and to allow that space for the Holy Spirit to work. Does that make sense? It says yes. This is no. Okay. Well, let's let's pray together then. Um, Lord God, when we lose sight of who you are and what you are doing, it is easy to fall into despair. It is easy to focus on that which separates us from others rather than that which we share in common with others. And so, Lord, my prayer for our church today is that you would move, that you would reveal the areas in our lives where we need to, to turn things over to you. And Lord, where we're feeling like our sight is limited or we're feeling in bondage or we're feeling poor and in need, Lord, please reveal those things to us 
and move in such a way that we know your light and your refreshing and that we would be filled with you in order to be a blessing in your name. Amen.